You know, Easter Sunday is uh, it's personally my favorite Sunday of the whole year, just because of what it represents. Uh, it's a, it changes history. The moment that Jesus shows up into the scene, leaves everything to come to earth, to, to walk among us, to live like us, to go through things that we go through to understand us. Um, and then he doesn't just say, hey, I understand you, and I'm going to die for you, but I'm going to show you, put an exclamation point on it by coming back to life. And so he dies, and three days later, he is raised to life again. And that's what, that's what Easter Sunday is about. It's Resurrection Sunday. And so happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday to all of you that are watching. Uh, just thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, we're honored that you would be with us at the Grove Online. And uh, we, uh, we hope that one day, and when we're back in the theaters, if you've never been to the theaters with us, that you would join us at the theaters for uh, one of our services when we get back to gathering again. But until that time, we'll keep doing online services. And what's amazing is we have a lot of people that tune in, a lot of guests. And so we just want to say thank you for, for taking time to be with us today. All right. Awesome. Well, today I want to talk about uh, something that we're all facing and going through, right, through this, uh, this, this crisis of the coronavirus. And uh, really the world uh, is facing new challenges that we've never faced before. We've never been through this. Um, I talk to mentors and other leaders that uh, as it, when, when it comes to me leading, you know, the, my roles is nobody's experienced this. It's all new for all of us. And we're trying to navigate it. We're trying to figure out what best to, how best to approach it and go through it. And so um, um, we're in a, a different season. Uh, but this is what I know. Even though this is a different season, there's a lot of similarities throughout history. And even our own lives where we've been in this place before. Uh, we might not have called it coronavirus. We might not have called it uh, the uncertainty of what we are right now in 2020. Uh, but there's been times in our life when there was waiting, right? We're in a waiting room. Um, you know, a lot of our life is, is faced in transit, right? Uh, transitions where we are waiting to go from one stage to the next stage. You know, when you're young and you're a student in school, right? So kids, I want to say hello. Well, thanks for watching with your families. You know, when you're in school and you're really young, you're thinking, when can I get done with school? When can I move on beyond school, right? And we're in this season of it just seems like it's taking a long time, right? It moves slow. Um, if you've ever had to go to the doctor and you're trying to find answer and results, it seems like that, 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 that the hours between when you get the, the test and the results, it takes a really long time, right? And we get in this season of just waiting. And a lot of our lives are, are, are spent waiting. Now, now, if you go to the stores, you know, with some of the precautions they're taking, which are good, you have to wait a little longer sometimes in lines. It's, it's, it's waiting, right? And here's what I know about most of us. Most of us don't like waiting. We don't like being patient. We don't like um, having to delay what we want right now. And this season has been one of those seasons where we have to delay a lot of gratification. We have to delay a lot of desires that we have. Uh, because we're forced to and also because uh, it's, it's the smart thing to do, right? It's the wise thing to be able to slow down the spread. Uh, but there'll be a day where we pass through all of this and we can go back to life, right? My hope is that we don't go back to life as normal as it was defined before. But we go back to life in a better, a better season, a better way. And, you know, throughout scriptures, one of the things that the Bible tries to help us understand um, is and it compares the spiritual journey uh, to, to that of, of someone who's growing up. When you're small, when you're, when you're a baby, you have to mature and grow. Well, the, the faith journey is the same way. It's a season of us maturing and growing in, 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 the, in the steps that God called us to. It's a process. And the one of the things that the scripture always talks about is this process of life that we go through. That God is trying to take us from one place to a better place. And that wherever we're at, there's always something more and something better that God has for us. In fact, uh, the, the Apostle Peter, right? He was one of the closest, one of the leaders uh, of the disciples, and he was one of the closest to Jesus. If you read his, his, his writings, he, it's very clear that he understands this process, that you have to continue to take these steps to become better. You have to continue to take these steps to allow God to work in your life, to lead you on this journey, that you're going from one place to another place. 
And throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures, we see this journey that God invites us into. So let's read it for what Peter says. In 1 Peter 2, he says it like this. He says, this is the kind of life that you've been invited into. The kind of life that Christ lived. So notice that, um, notice that what, what Peter is saying is this is an invitation, not for me, not from him, but from God himself. That God has invited us into this. He's invited us into this life, right, that Christ lived. And notice what he says. He says like this. He says, he suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done. Don't, don't pass that too quickly. He suffered everything that came his way so that we could know that it could be done. And also how to do it step by step. Notice what Peter is saying. He says it's a process, a step-by-step process. That you, you don't just stop. You don't take one step and you stop. And what happens with the season we're in, you know, we, we get into the season of, at first it's kind of painful, right? It's, it's a change. Um, and we don't really like the, like the, the pain that we, we get introduced. And then after the pain comes the waiting. And that some, for some people, that's even worse than the pain because it's like, when is this going to ever end? And what Peter is saying is Jesus experienced these things and he's inviting us, right? So Easter, the story of Easter actually gives us an invitation to participate and to learn some tools that, that God is showing us on this journey of life of how to walk through these seasons where they're very difficult. So in this season, I don't know where you're at. For some of us, this is more painful than others. And for others, we're uh, just waiting for it to end so we can move on, right? Um, but there's, there's something in this that we don't want to bypass and miss. So when I look at the story of Jesus, right, this week is the Holy Week. It's the Passion Week. So last Sunday was Palm Sunday. It's kind of when the whole week starts, right? They, they, they celebrate Jesus coming into the city. And, uh, and then throughout the week, we start the Passover week, which is really a historical event that took place for the people of Israel, uh, even uh, a few thousand years before even Jesus was, was on the scene. And, and when they were, were rescued from slavery, there's this, this story of how um, the, the people of Israel were saved from death because God rescued them. And there was this, this season where they, they trusted God for everything, and there was the Passover season where the death angel passed over the houses of those who trusted God, and they were freed. Right, so uh, this last week would have been the Passover celebration that Jesus and his disciples would have partaken in and they would have uh, celebrated. And so um, it would have started and on Thursday. They would have had the Last Supper right? this, this past Thursday where they got together in the upper room. And Jesus would have taken the bread and, and, and the cup and he would have said, hey, remember, take this in remembrance of me. Take my, my body broken for you in remembrance of me. And that night he would have been arrested, uh, tried um, illegally throughout the night. And then on Friday, on Good Friday, we call it Good Friday, he would begin the process of, of crucifixion, uh, where they began to, to mock and, and torment him and, and, and abuse him. Um, and throughout that day, he would then give his life. And then um, in the middle of the day, around three or so, um, three or four, he would have breathed his last breath, and he would have given, he would have surrendered that to God and committed it to God. And then they would have wrapped him and put him in the grave before the sunset, because that's when Sabbath would have started. And what's interesting about this story is on Friday was a day of pain, right? And then we have Saturday, and then we have Sunday. And each of these days, they represent something. And so Saturday, which would have been Sabbath day for the Jewish people, is they would have put Jesus in the grave, and they wouldn't be able to do anything on that Saturday because by their laws, they had to have a Sabbath day of no work. And so they would have waited for a day and a half until Sunday where they can go and, and, and check on him and see what was going on. And so the ladies prepared spices to be able to take to him and, um, for, for the, the burial process because it was so rushed. And so when we look at this story of Jesus, now we see Sunday and we understand, maybe you, know, maybe you don't, but Sunday is the day that we celebrate his resurrection, that right at sunset, right? They went to go see, I mean, at sunrise, they went to go see if Jesus was alive and they found an, an empty tomb. And that's what Easter is, it's an empty tomb. It's that the grave is empty because Jesus is no longer there, he's alive. 
And we look at this story, this process. Friday was not so good, such, a, such a good day. Saturday, like I said, for some people, the waiting game is actually even more difficult. Uh, but then you have Sunday. So you go from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. And so what we're going to look at is what, ha- what happens when we're in these seasons of life, right? Where maybe we're in the pain. Well, Friday is the day of pain. And some of you, maybe you've experienced that pain. Maybe what we've gone through this last, this last month or so, maybe, maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of hours, loss of finances, loss of whatever. Maybe some relational strain. Maybe it caused some pain in your life. For others, there's been moments in your life growing up that you experienced pain. And, and maybe in some cases that pain has lasted for a long time. Um, it's just a day of pain. Well, Jesus, his day, his Friday was a day of pain. And he went through that. The Bible says he suffered that. He chose to do that on our behalf uh, to be able to relate to us. But more than that, to be able to take that upon himself so we don't have to. He took the punishment so we don't have the punishment. And here's what Friday tells us. All right. And we have to understand this about, about Jesus. He experienced every kind of pain there was. He experienced physical pain, um, the beatings, the, the, the nailings, the, the thorns, the crowns of thorns. Um, all of that that went through that, the pain that, that came with the, the crucifixion, right? his wounds, by his wounds were healed, the Bible says. But then he experienced the emotional pain. The emotional pain is a sickness of the soul. And honestly, if, if we're really honest about this season, this is the most dangerous pain that we can actually face in, in, in this season of where a lot of people isolate. And isolation is not a good thing. We need to reach out and talk to people. But the sickness of the soul is really the most dangerous thing that, we, that we're facing in our culture, honestly, in these moments of being separated and isolated from others is the sickness of the souls. He was rejected. He was despised. Right? He called, one, of the, one of the scriptures called the man of sorrows. He understands emotional pain. He was abandoned. His friends left him. He understands relationship, relational pain. People weren't there for him. He thought were. Even growing up, people didn't believe in him. Uh, people, some of the religious leaders wanted to kill him. Right? His family thought he was crazy. He experienced these different kinds of pain. And the day, Friday, it's actually there to teach us something. And here's what scripture teaches about pain, painful days. Is that there is no pain that God cannot redeem. Let me say that again. There is not a single thing that we face that's painful that God can't take and turn into something good. In fact, the Bible tells us that God puts purpose into the pain that we face, and he always uses it for good. This is what he says in Romans. Paul says this in Romans 8. For we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So in the Fridays of life, he knows how to flip it. He knows how to take our pain and turn it into something glorious. You know, for, for me, it helps me to understand and know that, that whatever I'm facing, God can take the difficulties and he can turn them into something good if I'll allow him. Because notice what Paul says, he'll take everything we face and work it for good for those that are seeking God, right? For those that are trying to live out his purpose. And he'll take those moments of pain and he'll turn them into something good. So here's what I can say with confidence. Now, when we go through painful things, uh, in the, especially in this crisis with the coronavirus, when we face these painful things, God can take the painful things of our lives and he can turn it into something beautiful and something good. So Friday teaches us that God can redeem the pain. Well, Saturday, and this is the one I really want to focus on today and help us think about, is the Saturday is, is really the day of confusion, right? Saturdays represent a day of confusion. It's the waiting stage. This is uh, when we're wanting answers, we're asking why. Why is this going on? What's going on is some people maybe in the middle of all this, they're asking, is this the end of the world, right? Is this, are we at the end of it? What is actually taking, exactly taking place? And there's a lot of why questions, right? And here's the truth. If we begin to get to doubt and get stuck in this, and if we don't solve this, we actually, a lot of times, we give up. We feel alone. We feel isolated. We don't know what to do. And, and, and the Saturday, really the answer is that we need, need not focus on what's not working, but begin to worship God and ask him, how can you help me? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to draw near to you. 
And here's, here's the thing about Saturday, right? The day of confusion is you have to understand this, that there is no confusion that God cannot calm. There is no confusion. There is no waiting time in your life that God cannot bring peace to it in the middle of that. So on Friday, get this, right? So the disciples are following Jesus. They thought he was going to be the king. And, and they were thinking a, a, a physical king that was going to reign here on earth. They didn't understand it was a spiritual king that was setting up his kingdom. And so when their, their Messiah, their master, their rabbi died, they all scattered. They all left. It was a very confusing time for them. Those that were putting their trust in Jesus now were, were frightened and running away. And so their Friday, a painful Friday, believed into Saturday, which is a Sabbath. And if you, in Scripture, Sabbath would be the seventh day of the week, right? It's a day of rest. So you work six days, you rest one day. And even Sabbath, I think the fact that, that the period between his death and the resurrection was, was a Sabbath day should also teach us something, that we need to learn to rest in these seasons. I think one of the, the best things that we can do in this season of, of social or physical distancing is that we will learn to rest a little bit, that we will learn to slow down. See, so the gift of Sabbath is that we have this, this pattern rhythm for life that we work six days, we rest one. And the day of rest actually is a message that we send to the world and to God saying, we trust you more than we trust ourselves. We know you can do more in that one day than we can do in the whole seven days. We know you can do more with, with what we can't see than with things that we can control. And I think even going into this season of the coronavirus, I really believe that this should be a, a season of Sabbath where we, we pause and say, God, what are you trying to do in my life? What is really going on? Because Sabbath reminds us that our value is not based on what we can do and produce, but our value is on who we are. And the coronavirus has done this for me, and I know it's done for many. Your value is not on what you do. It's not the work. It's who you are. It's the relationships you have. And that's what Sabbath teaches us. And so I can imagine the disciples going through a painful day that now leads into a confusing day of saying, oh, well, great, what now? Many of them were fearful for their lives. If they killed our Messiah and our Master, now they're going to come after us and kill us too. Now they're going to attack us. And you can imagine that Saturday that they were, you know, isolated. They were separated. They were fearful. They weren't sure what was going on. It was a season of confusion. But here's what Scripture tells us. There is no confusion that God cannot calm. And it's through God's presence. Uh, there's a, there's a, a psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 73, written by uh, this man named Asaph. And, and it's one of my favorite psalms because it addresses this very thing in life. That when we, when we look at this world... And we have the wrong perspective. We actually begin to doubt God and his goodness. And we'll actually begin to say, um, where are you, God? In fact, let me read this for you. Psalm 73 says this. He says, when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. So Asaph was in the waiting stage of life. He was in a Saturday. He was looking around. He's saying this. He's saying, all right, I've kept my heart pure. I've, I've followed your ways, God, but it's not working out for me. And I look at the rest of the people around me who don't even care. They don't, they don't care about anything. And it seems like everything's working out for them in their favor. And then in the middle of the psalm, there's this, this change. It says this, he says, Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. What he's saying is this. He had a perspective. He's saying, the world is not working the way I thought it would. I'm in this waiting stage where I should be getting all this good stuff because I'm doing right, but it's not working out. And yet everybody else that doesn't care, it seems like life just goes easy for them. And then it says, but until the moment I changed my perspective, the moment I went into the house of God, the sanctuary of God, to worship, and then, all of a sudden, it was like, wow, I have the right perspective. And I know this about this season that we're in. Those that are pausing and slowing down and saying, all right, God, what do you want me to learn from this? They're going to come out stronger on the other end. And those that are only focused on what's wrong, what's not working, and the fear and the anxieties, 
they're actually, you, you, yeah, there's potential for you actually to get, get out of this worse. Because you're going to go into the next season with the worry and the anxiety and the uncertainty. Now, I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect. There'll be challenges after this. But if we'll begin to say, God, give me the right perspective, we'll put those challenges in the right perspective of saying in the, in the bigger scheme of things, in the bigger picture, even those challenges aren't the most important thing. Money's not the most important thing. Fame is not the most important thing. All of those things that, that we don't have right now that we can't go through, right, and experience, those aren't the most important things. And I guarantee the little things that we're missing, like, like hikes and, and walks and getting out in the park and going swimming and things like that, those parts of life that we're now realizing we took for granted, those are all aspects of health and relationship and doing things, now, not for the external, but for the internal. And those are the important things. And Saturday should teach us that even when we don't see God working, he's working. In fact, it says the scriptures that what he was doing when he died on the cross on Friday through Saturday is he was going down to get the keys of death and the grave. He descended to, get, to, to conquer death for once and for all. So we don't have to fear death. He took the keys of hell. He took the keys of the grave. What did that say? You don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear death. Because who holds the keys to those? Jesus. He conquered everything on earth through his cross. And so Saturday, we don't see it. He's working. He's conquering something on our behalf. And so in this season of waiting, if you're in your Saturday right now, don't give up. Don't stop. Saturday should be teaching us that there's no situation that God can't give peace. And there's no situation that God can't calm us. If we'll trust him, if we'll turn our perspective to him. So if Friday teaches us about pain, how God will redeem that. And Saturday teaches us that there's no situation that God can't bring peace and calm. What does Sunday teach us? That's what we celebrate today. Well, Sunday is the day of resurrection. This is the day of winning. This is the day that we experience life. This is the day of celebration. Right? The women and the disciples went to the tomb and Jesus was gone. And the angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He told you who's going to be alive. Right? And then Jesus shows up in the middle of one of their meetings and he says, hey guys, um, here I am. Um, or like one, one elementary student says, uh, when Jesus came back, what do you think he said? Ta-da. Right? It's a magic trick. I told you I was going to show up again. And all of a sudden now Jesus is in the picture. He says, I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm here, here, here to sh- show you. It turns into celebration that, that Jesus accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish here on life. And he made it through the storms. He takes the dead areas of our lives and he gives us life. So here's what Sunday, the day of resurrection, teaches us. That there is no death that God cannot resurrect. There is nothing in your life that God cannot bring back to life if we'll turn it over to God. There is no bad thing that he can't redeem if we'll give it to God. It's God's power. In fact, uh, Scripture says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead it lives inside of us if we follow Christ. That same spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, he lives in us. He can give us that same resurrection power. And here's the thing. Resurrection is not an event. It's an experience that you can experience that I can experience. In fact, at the end of this uh, service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to experience that if you never have. That you would surrender your life saying, God, I want that experience that you have. There's another story in the Bible I love about somebody coming back to life. It was one of Jesus' close friends, Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus has, has two sisters. And um, when, when Jesus gets the news um, that his friend is really sick and about to die, Jesus doesn't rush to the scene. In fact, he waits for a few days. Uh, to his disciples, the pr- surprise, why don't we go in to help him? Why don't we go pray for him and heal him so he doesn't die? But Jesus lets him die. And then he shows up. And his sisters are so mad that Jesus didn't come earlier. Right after, after being dead for four days, he, they, he comes to the grave. And, and his sisters are a little hurt and a little mad because he didn't show up to heal their brother. And he let him die. And they blame Jesus for not showing up on their Saturday of life. 
Like you weren't here, Jesus. He died. He missed it. You could have prayed for him. You could have healed him. And Jesus, he shows something. He, he allows it to happen to show the power that he had. But in the conversation, notice he says to the sister, John 11, he says to the sister, the sister, he says, um, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will, uh, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And that's the question he asks to, to her, but it's also the question he asks to us. Do you believe this? That even though you die, you really that death doesn't, it's not the end of the story. There's still life beyond that. So you don't have to stay in the Friday of life. You don't have to stay in the Saturday of life. You can live an Easter life. You can live a Sunday life. And that's what a Jesus follower is called to live, the Sunday life. You know, I've heard people say in this season uh, of being uh, physically distancing and going through the season of uncertainty, some say, you know, without Christ, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like, I don't know how I'd be handling this. Essentially what they're saying is, I have a peace about all this that others don't understand. And that peace comes from God. If, you don't, if you're watching you don't have that peace, I would love in a second to introduce you to that peace and start the journey of saying, God, I want to live a Sunday life. I want to live that. So God's invitation is to move us from death to life. See? Paul says that because of sin, all of us have sinned. All of us messed up. Because of that sin, it leads to death. In fact, our spirit is actually, if you don't have Christ and you, if, you don't, if you're not submitted to Christ and let him lead, your spirit is actually dead, the Bible says. You're not alive spiritually because you're doing your own thing physically and as, as a person. And God is saying, I want to extend this invitation to you also that you would begin to live a Sunday life. That Jesus didn't die just so we can go to heaven. That's important. But he died so we can have life here and now. He, he, he came to take care of a very real problem that we were dead without him. And he wants to take the dead areas of our lives, of your life, and begin to give us life through his spirit. See, the resurrection of Jesus, he gives you power to close the gap between the life you're currently living and the life you always wanted. So in your life, the resurrection of Jesus, he gives you the power. We all have this d- desire to have this better life, right? He, to close that gap from the life that we're currently living to the life that, he's all, that you've always wanted to live, that he wants you to live. So if there's a gap in your life, where you're at right now, and maybe there's not the peace you were hoping for, maybe there's a lot of uncertainty, anxiety, he wants to close that gap. He wants to begin to say, let's move from Friday to pain. Let's move from the uncertainty. Let's move to life. Let's move to the future. Let's move to what God has. Is this the end of, the, end of it all with, with the, the virus that's going on? You know, scripture points to a lot of prophecies about the end of, end, of, end of time and how things are going. That could be any moment. The scriptures say that God can return. He can come back. That we shouldn't live in this season or this season. We should always be living in the, the Sunday and the expectation of the future. And what I love about God is he doesn't just show up and just say, hey, I, I suffered, I died. I went through the waiting period and I, now I'm alive. He says, I want to help you on this journey. In fact, he gives us two really important things. The first thing he gives us is the map. You know, scripture, we talk about the Bible. And, and scripture is so, so important because it's our map. It's our guidebook to help us, right? It's, it's our map to be able to, to show us and navigate life. And then when we have a map and we don't really know how to read it well, he gives us a guide, the Holy Spirit. So not just a map, but also a guide to help us on this journey. Romans 8, Paul says this, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. So God gives those dead areas of lives life, right? He lives in us. And as just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So in this life, not only does he give us life, but now he gives us a guide, his Spirit, to help us on this journey. It's a gift that God's given us. And here's what I know is, is Jesus invites us is we can enter into more. When, when we begin to live Sunday lives, 
continuously we enter into more than we are currently are. And, and we can trust that God knows the way because he's led the way in it. And I heard a story about this man. He took his son to the, to the, um, to the lake. And as they're at the, at the lake, um, his son is collecting, uh, at, the, at the ocean, he's collecting these shells. And as he's collecting these shells from, from the shore, he's, throughout the day he's holding on to these little precious little pieces of fragments of shells. And as they're going through uh, um, their day, all of a sudden the dad notices something in the water. And right there on the, on the edge of the ocean, he says, son, look at, look at. And he says, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And his, his son says, what, dad? He says, right there, it's, it's, it's a starfish. Go get it. And the son runs out to the edge of the water and he looks down and he runs back to his dad. And he says, dad, I can't. And he says, sure you can. It's right there. Just grab it. That's, that's so, so, so it's the best thing we could probably find today. And the son runs back out to the ocean shores and, and he looks, looks, and he wants to get it, but he can't. So he runs back to his dad and says, dad, I can't. He says, why can't you? And his son opens up his hands of all these fragments of shells that he's been collecting all day. And he says, Dad, I can't. I don't want to let go of these. And the dad realized in that moment that until his son lets go of the things that are in his hands, he can't have the next thing that's available to him. I think that's the story of our life. We hold on to all these fragments and things that we think are important, that we need, right? Popularity and, and, and riches and wealth and the things that we think that that'll give security in those areas. And we're holding on to these things, and then something better that God has for us comes along. And we're so unwilling to let go of those things to get the thing that he has. If you want a Sunday life, you have to learn to surrender these things that we think are so important. And say, God, I want what you have. Because in reality, the things that we hold on that we can control, compared to the things of God, they're very small, they're very insignificant. They're just fragments of life. And when we surrender that to God and let go of it, and turn it over... We then receive what he wants. So here's my challenge for us today. All right, my challenge is this. Would you live a Sunday life? Would, would you live from this season on? Right, we won't go back to, to living life as it was, but we'd go living saying, God, I want to live that Sunday life. I want this, this weekly reminder. Work six days. Take a Sabbath. Right? And then for us, when we start church again, Sundays are important that we start our week off by saying, God, you're first. That we would live the Sunday life of saying, God, I surrender my life to you. That we don't stop living when it's painful. We don't stop living for you when it's confusing, but we push through and we seek God. We keep looking for you until the next thing. Because here's the truth. Your Sunday life might just be a day and a half away from the pain. Your Sunday life might just be one more night away from the confusion. And if you don't give up, if you stay consistent, the Bible says you'll produce a great harvest for those who don't give up. Don't give up. Don't stop. I want to read one more scripture to you from Paul in Philippians. Paul writes this from prison. And in this letter, he talks about contentment. He talks about in the middle of these difficulties that we find ourselves in, that if we'll trust God, if we'll have his perspective, we actually enjoy life a lot more. He says this in Philippians 3. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. The key is to knowing God. God wants us to know him and experience that resurrection power. It's an experience that he has for us. And he goes on and says this, I want to suffer with him, sharing his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So what is Paul saying? He says, I want to choose to live a Sunday life. That when I face the difficulties, that I say no to the things I want. I say no to my flesh. I say no to, to instant gratification. Right? Those can be painful things that we have to say no to because sometimes we really want them. But he's saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to take up my cross and follow Jesus on a daily basis. I'm going to surrender those things. And then I'm going to believe him. Even though it takes longer than I want, I'm going to believe him for the, for the next stage. I'm going to invite him in to that.
to move into that Sunday life. And so today I just want to encourage you, would you move from death to life? Wherever stage you are, maybe, it's you, maybe some of you are still in the painful moment. Maybe some of you are in that confusing moment of saying, when is this going to all end? When is it going to stop? What's really going on? That you move from those two places into a Sunday life, a day of life, a day of, of knowing that God's, God's experienced his power. So my question is, are you ready? Are you ready to experience that? Are you ready to move into the Sunday that God has for you? If you are, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're watching today, I want to take this moment to end our service by just giving you an opportunity to surrender that to God. Whether you're in your days of pain, your day of, of, of unconfusion and waiting, today would you say, God, I'm going to trust you for life. The Bible says that because we've sinned, we're separated from God. And until we deal with that, we can't have a relationship with God. And so today I want to just invite you uh, to, to accept what God has for you. So if you're watching, and you, maybe you're new to church, maybe you have been, been in church for a long time, or maybe you just walked away from God, and today you want to say, I surrender my life. God, I give my life to you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? It's very simple. It's just a, a prayer relationship asking God to help you. All right, if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Say this. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life to you. Kill my pain. Take my pain and turn it into something good. Take my waiting and guide me and give me peace and turn my Friday and Saturday into Sunday. Would you forgive me of my sin? Forgive me of my past, of my mistakes. Today I put my trust in you. I want to follow your lead. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross so I could have new life. And thank you that he's alive today to show me a better way. I want to experience the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. Would you turn my death into life? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, can I just say something? All of heaven is celebrating that you would commit your life to Christ and follow his lead. It says all, of, all the angels celebrate when one person turns their heart to God. And today I believe many of you did. If that was you, would you do me a favor? Uh, there in the, the connection card that we put the, the link on for, would you take a moment to go and fill that out? There's a box of checks saying I made a decision today. Would you check that for me? I'll send you an email this week following up with some next steps. And actually I have a gift for you to be able to help you. It's a digital gift that will help you on this journey. Uh, to continue to grow. It's a process. We don't stop right there. We keep moving forward. We keep trusting God for the best. So uh, take a moment to fill out that connection card. Let us know you're with us if you're a guest or if you made that, if you said that prayer today. And I'd love to follow up with you. All right? Awesome. Hey, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you want to give online, if you want to give to, to the Grove, uh, we'd love for you to do that. Partner with us in that. You can do it online uh, during the season because we're not physically meeting. You can do it through uh, our, our web, website. And so go ahead and go there at some point this week or this day and uh, continue your generosity and your faithfulness so we can continue to be the hands and feet to this world. We're looking for a lot of opportunities to serve our city when the needs come up. And so we've served people uh, some groceries. We've served uh, with food and help. Uh, we've given some nonprofits some cleaning supplies so they can take care of the clients that they have. Uh, we have a lot of bags of food prepared for some uh, school uh, students that, that are uh, getting program, food in the school program help them with that. And so there's a lot of things that we're doing as a church to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we move forward. Thank you guys for tuning in with us today. Uh, it's an honor to, to be the church with you. Uh, you guys have a great Sunday. Enjoy your Easter. And we look forward to seeing all your posts on uh, social media the rest of the day.
Have a great Sunday. God bless you guys.